The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Mike Wise Show, Mike is feeling under the weather, so it's next man up. I'm Bruce Bernstein, subbing in for Mike, and our guest is my teammate at Pure Hoops Media. She's a rising star in the sports media business, and she's sharing some time with us. And while she's here, we will solve every key problem in the country. It's a promise. But first, as Mike would say, Darlene, do your thing. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Thanks, Darlene. I'm proud to call Monica McNutt my teammate. Her resume grows by the day. She co-hosts the morning show on MSG Network in New York, MSG AM. She does games and analysis for ESPN, Fox, and others. She even has a four-hour Sunday night show on the ESPN radio network. And most importantly, she co-hosts Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with King McClure for Pure Hoops Media every week. Welcome, Monica. Uh, That is the most important, for sure, Bruce, our BBB pod, as we affectionately call it. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thank you for being with us. And again, uh, sorry that uh, Mike couldn't be with you tonight. I'm filling in for him. But, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll do the best we can without him. So I want to talk to you about your career, the Knicks, the W, and so much more. But we need to start with last Wednesday's events in Washington, D.C., which were horrifying to pretty much all of us. What, uh, what, what was your takeaway from that debacle? Um. The privilege of whiteness was my first takeaway, Uh, but uh, we were actually recording our podcast with the illustrious Katie Barnes, and we were kind of like talking toward the end of the pod, like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Because, you know, TV's on in the background, but we weren't necessarily focused. Um, And so when I actually sat down and watched, I was baffled in many ways because I wondered where the tear gas was and where the flashbangs and the rubber bullets were. And I am a Washington DC area region resident. And in graduate school, we did reports from the Capitol grounds and covered the Senate. And I know how particular they are about people being on those grounds. And so I was very much baffled that there was no preparation for the potential of Um, the fact that that crowd actually, excuse me, the fact that that mob actually got into the building, please historians do not minimize. Um, It's nothing short of a terrorist insurrection. Um, Yeah, so I guess you call this the peak of the current administration that is on its way out. It's sad in many ways, but I also hope that people understand, no, this is America. This is America too. And I think LeBron James put it very well when he talked about the two Americas that exist. And sure, we feel good to say we're better than this, 
And there are ways in which we do demonstrate behavior that is better than this. But this too also is America. And the anger and the vitriol that you saw on national television is the same anger and vitriol that has been pointed at Black people historically in this country for years and has um, imprisoned them because of the fear of that being directed at you. Like so many people in America are heartbroken and embarrassed by being an Americans and the whole bit. Well now, so take that same energy that you saw on display then and direct it at a whole group of people just because they are black, right? Historically, over time. I mean, that is to me, when I think of Black History Month coming up in elementary school, that was the same scene that we saw around the lynching of black bodies. And that's the kind of energy and the hatred that is pumped into our country for in regards to people of color. Now, fortunately, we've made progress and you and I and Mike, when he was healthy, had we've had all these conversations, but that too is still America. And so I think in order for us to become better, we have to acknowledge the areas in which we need to fully improve. Um, and so I'm needless to say, very happy that this administration is coming to an end and we are hopefully moving in a direction that includes healing um, and more unity. Well, that's certainly something that we all need. I mean, I, one of the biggest complaints that I have about everything right now is that people have forgotten how to disagree with dignity and with some level of respect for other opinions. And, you know, I know that, you know, Doc Rivers, who's one of the greatest leaders in basketball today, and who has been victimized by racism over the years. I mean, back when he was uh, uh, in San Antonio, he actually had his house burned down and it was considered to be a racist incident. He is married to a white woman, Chris. And so he knows very well what it's like to be on the wrong end. In spite of his money, in spite of his notoriety, he's still an African-American man in the United States of America and has felt the sting of racism. And when somebody like Doc Rivers comes out so forcefully and points out that, hey, the way these violent DC rioters were treated was very much in stark contrast to the way other demonstrations by minorities that were peaceful, not even violent, but were peaceful, were treated. And I think that really does kind of speak to the whole to America's issue that you brought mm -hmm. up so eloquently a few minutes ago. Yep, a hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent. I literally texting friends and my sister and talking with my parents. I'm like, if that had been a group of black people, it'd have been bodies in the street, like, and it would have been in the name of the constitution and protecting our hallowed grounds. And that's where it is. So, I, you know, Bruce, at a certain point I did turn it off. Um, and I know stories are coming out now, written stories that have been a little bit more, had a little bit more time to materialize, right? And so there are details in these stories that either make you applaud the acts of some uh, of those who might've been deemed heroes in terms of be being willing to be distractions or whatever the case may be. And then some that continue to make you shake your head. And as some of the repercussions come down, it's like, well, you broke laws, like you broke laws. There was a video going around on Sunday night on Twitter of apparently folks that have been identified were trying to fly back to their homes. And they're now on no fly lists pending investigation by the FBI. And so they're irate and causing a scene in these airports and crying, well, this is actions have consequences. And this is part of your consequence. I mean, the boldness of which you would vandalize national property, take pictures, take selfies, not hide your face, brag about it. This is the two Americas. It is the privilege of the two Americas. It's like a, a kid who murders his mother and father and then complains that he's an orphan, right? It's like, you don't have, you don't, That's you don't, really you don't, Bruce, but yes. 
Yeah, sorry to be so bleak. Well, look, you live you live in the D.C. area, and I know Mike Wise lives in the D.C. area, and he's very politically oriented in a lot of ways. Was was this? I mean, all of us who respect the country felt violated by that thing. Did those of you who live in the D.C. area perhaps feel it even more intensely? So I'm outside of the city. I believe Mike is outside the city too, on the other side. Um, yes. Yes, I had friends that you know could hear various sounds or or impeded by traffic. I know leading up to the events, Mayor Muriel Bowser here in the area asked DC residents to avoid downtown and avoid the area on Wednesday. So I do think here at home, you could see some of the precautions being taken by everybody apparently except Capitol Police and FBI and whoever else was actually in charge of protecting the Capitol. Um, it's, it's very odd. I think a, a, another friend of mine brought up the point that DC itself still doesn't have statehood, right? And literally those residents were the most inconvenienced by this whole thing and um, taxpayer dollars on so many levels that help maintain both the federal, uh, the federal level and the local level uh, museums and such. So it's, it's really interesting. Well, moving kind of in a lateral direction from the political turmoil in, in DC, Shut up and dribble appears mm. to be thankfully dead. Just ask mm -hmm. Kelly Leffler, the soon to be former senator from Georgia, who co-owns the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. The entire Atlanta team supported her opponent in the Georgia runoff, the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who narrowly beat Leffler and will be the first African-American senator in Georgia's history. I know you were very proud of the dream for the, their part in that. I was tremendously proud. In fact, when we talked to Katie, I was hard pressed to find a moment at which the intersection of sports and politics or whatever you want to call it, the intersection of made me more proud because this wasn't a throw on a cool t-shirt because t-shirts with slogans are in move. This was very much thought out. The women of the WNBA were engaged with various groups in terms of voting, uh, social justice groups. They met with Breonna Taylor's mother. They met with so many different activists. I believe they met with Trayvon Martin's mother at one point. They were really having conversations this summer and, and educating themselves and then therefore educating their circles. I remember Sidney Colson told me that Michelle Obama said, you know, get your voting gang together. If I vote and I promise to take two or, my, two or three of my friends with me and they do the same, then it's a ripple effect. And um, they had the opportunity to, to talk to these dynamic and incredible women that are not just leaders because they're black women, but leaders in these big time political spaces. And so that was a very calculated move by those women to wear the Vote Warnock t-shirts. I mean, he was polling at 9% before the WNBA threw their weight behind him and really elevated his profile. And so I think 2020 in so many ways has made us all so uncomfortable that I think it's really forced us to be reflective and be intentional whether it is the fact that those games were in the bubble and not only did the Atlanta dream started, but it was able to spread so quickly through the bubble, whether it was behind the tragic loss of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, that those women decided to use their platform and to not address these questions in regards to stat sheets. And the same thing we saw in the NBA um, that really made people stop and look and pay attention. Of course, you got to shout out Stacey Abrams anytime that Georgia comes up because she's been a tremendous organizer and probably should be governor if not for shenanigans in regards to that. Um, but I just think the W is incredible. And, and I'm glad the part that makes me most proud is that the national conscience is recognizing what the W has been about. I mean, this is not new for the WNBA. These are women that are willing to really put their weight behind causes that they believe in.
despite the risks. Well, you know, you're kind of leading me into the next uh, area here in that activism seems to come naturally to the WNBA players. I mean, long before George Floyd's killing in Minneapolis last May, the Minnesota Lynx organized a protest against the killing of Philando Castile back in 2016. In fact, the Minneapolis police were very unhappy with them. I think they refused to do security at their game. And future Hall of Famer Maya Moore, also of the Lynx, actually hung up her sneakers spent over a year working to help overturn the conviction of Jonathan Irons, who spent 23 years in a Missouri prison after being wrongfully convicted of burglary and assault. So this is really nothing new for the W crew. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And those are two incredible examples. The WNBA's response to Philando Castile, I believe, was before Colin Kaepernick started to kneel. And Meyer Moore, like, I need people that don't follow women's basketball to understand that this is the equivalent of LeBron James calling it quits after the first title in Miami. Um, like, she's at the peak of her game. This wasn't she was battling injuries or she's on the tail end of her career. She is so focused, passionate and led by conviction that she stepped away from the game. And so the W has had to address issues before they've become national storylines. It's a league of largely black women. And as Katie pointed out, a good portion of those women are also identified as queer. And so they are marginalized peoples. So they've had to have conversations with one another. They've had to have conversations with leadership. They've had to have conversations with marketing. And so their compass truly comes from within because these are experiences that they can relate to. When those women, just like myself, when they say they could have been Breonna Taylor, that is so true. You know what I mean? Like literally, that is so true. Many of them um, go and play overseas, but not all of them. And they don't necessarily have the national profile that would cause them to be recognized as opposed to being Breonna Taylor. So. Um, I'm so proud of the WNBA. I appreciate how it has grown, how it has been able to embrace its athletes. Um, and I just, I'm so proud that the national conversation includes these women. Now, I also hope that the national conversation continues to include the incredible play that the W offers because those are the best women in the world. But this, this matters it's, and it's so much bigger than sports. And so I'm proud. I know that those women are very proud as well. And, you know, you mentioned Katie Barnes, who was on Buckets, Boards and Blocks with you and King last week, and she did a really wonderful feature piece on Maya Moore and the whole uh, effort that she put forth on Jeremy Irons. So we all would definitely recommend you go to ESPN.com, search out Katie Barnes, Maya Moore. Uh, you will be uh, much better off for having read that piece, no doubt about it. Yeah, Katie's piece is, is awesome. And Katie's piece is awesome. And they were very candid with us about the reporting for that piece and how proud of that work they were. And so Katie's dope. Katie's dope. And we can't, we, we, praised, we praised Katie a ton on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I echo what you said, Bruce. Definitely check out the work that they produced. And it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. I'm so proud of the WNBA. I'm proud of the media that has been diligent and true to the WNBA. I'm proud of those that have made space on their platforms to celebrate, write about, uh, do documentaries, whatever. I'm proud of those women in the WNBA. I think of Tina Charles and Devereaux Peters. Devereaux Peters is no longer active in the WNBA, but they've gone and decided to make their own production companies to tell their own stories. And so I'm just so proud. Yes. And listen, uh, as the show drops on Monday morning, we have nine days before the next administration takes over. And I think we are all in agreement that, uh, first of all, it's going to be an automatic improvement over what we've had. 
and hopefully the process of healing and and as we point out at the end of every show that we do that we can work for more inclusive and just society where respect you know rules the day as opposed to twitter tantrums and schoolyard insults we uh that's what we need and we all have uh we all are, are expecting and hoping that our new leadership is going to help lead us in that direction indeed and we also hope that we're going to get COVID-19 under control and make sure all Americans and people around the world are vaccinated. Because once we do that, Monica, people can start going back to Madison Square Garden to watch the young and exciting New York Knicks return to the glory days of Walt Frazier, Willis Reed, Patrick Ewing, and Jeremy Lin. Your thoughts on, I'm not going to say you're a New York Knicks because I think you're really a Wizards fan, but you're adopted New York Knicks. They're yes. looking pretty darn good so far. My adopted New York Knicks because they cut the check. And yes, my adopted New York Knicks. <laughs> it's hilarious. Walt, Clyde, Frazier, a bunch of other Hall of Fame names, and Jeremy Lin. But yes, those are the glory days of the Knicks. They are currently at the time of recording this pod, 7.20 on Sunday p.m., uh, getting their butts kicked by the Nuggets. 20-point game. I just checked the score. But I do think there's something there. And I have maintained, since I've gotten involved with MSG, it's going on three years now, I have maintained that in this era of athlete branding, it's only a matter of time before the pieces are in place and some big name guy is willing to take on Madison Square Garden because you still can't beat that as a brand. You still can't beat New York City as a brand. I get what's happening over in Brooklyn. And it's, there's interesting things happening over in Brooklyn, but certainly on paper, you would argue that they're probably the favorite to come out of the East. And I'm not saying that the Knicks are all of a sudden contenders, but I do think you start to see Tom Thibodeau lay the foundation and the prom, mm, I don't know if promising is the right word. The energetic start to this season is encouraging because it's been a while. I think they got off to their best start over seven games since 2012, I believe. So I mean, go with it, right? Like a bunch of things can happen between now and May. So enjoy it while it lasts. And if it, if the well of water and encouraging victory starts to dry up, then you look for smaller pieces. You know, whose shooting percentage is, is improving? Who's showing up at big time moments in the game? What else is Tibbs or in what other ways is Tibbs helping these young men to grow? Okay, we're going over the bridge now, over to Brooklyn. COVID, as far as affecting Kevin Durant, Durant, and Kyrie being Kyrie have both afflicted the team in Brooklyn. KD is back now from his COVID absence, but Kyrie gave himself a timeout without telling his head coach. Now, we know that uh, the word has leaked out that he's upset over what happened in Washington, D.C., but I would ask you as a, as a, as a basketball teammate, did he handle this right? Should, should they have maybe met as a team and discussed if the team wanted to sit out rather than Kyrie just kind of deciding on his own, I'm out for a while, I can't deal with this. Is this what we call a red flag moment or are we gonna cut him a break here? You know, okay, a couple things in that question. I literally texted a group chat that I'm in and I was like, I'm not trying to be funny, but did we expect the NBA players to boycott games because the white people won't police themselves? Like the... And not to make light of the situation, it was a very dark day in American history. But the reason that the NBA, WNBA, MLB, to a degree, some of these high-profile leagues have thrown their weight behind these causes is because it's people that you will not listen to us say, stop killing us and acknowledge that our lives have value, right? That wasn't quite the case on Wednesday. In fact, Wednesday looked a lot different because of the shade of the mob. So I didn't, I didn't really get with the boycott thing 
um, across the NBA. I, that didn't, that did not sit well with me. Kyrie, my mom always says, creative people, artistic people, you think of the tragic endings for folks like Whitney Houston, um, Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, and my mom calls them tortured souls. And I, I often wonder if Kyrie has a shade of that in terms of he's so sensitive and worldly and willing to think and push the norms that things weigh on him differently. In 2021, I'm proud of the conversations that we've begin, be, begun to have about mental health. But it is still an interesting dynamic to your point, Bruce, of whether or not he should have let his teammates know. As a teammate, I would have liked to know. But as a teammate, I also hopefully would find the compassion to say, you know, things hit this guy differently, very differently than the rest of us. And you have to give him room to be who he is. I don't know how you define that within the constructs of a team with rules and you make bukus of money to come play basketball. I'm not quite sure how you define that. And I'm certainly, I'm willing to bet that that's something that the Nets organization has to work out. Um, I would hope that this doesn't become a pattern because unfortunately we live in a society with a bunch of imperfect people. So bad things happen often. Um, I don't know where you, or where or how you begin to draw the line, but I would hope that Kyrie would at least be able to keep open communication with the folks that matter most. And to me, that's his teammates and his coaches. I, I think he kind of needs to explain himself to them when he finally decides that he's ready to come back. And look, I think he's going to have plenty of sympathy around the locker room because look, we're all entitled to our feelings. We're all entitled to our opinions, but this is not an individual sport. Right. It's not like a tennis player saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not mentally prepared to compete. So I'm going to forfeit the match and I will forfeit the money. Is he forfeiting his game checks for these games? I don't know. But to me, as a teammate of his, I would be kind of disappointed. But enough of the negative. Monica, we need to celebrate you for a minute here. Here at Pure Hoops Media, you're soon going to be doing your 90th episode of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. And back in July, you added King McClure as a co-host. What has that whole experience been like for you? Man, King's been great. He's been such a great ad. Uh, we hit it off. and I think we told the story on our pod. We were in ESPN and college basketball seminar together last year, 2019, going to 2019 season. And all the ESPN folks were so excited about this young kid and he had this turtleneck. And I was like, who is this? All right. So then we were in the airport together and I'm like, yo, what's up? And so we just kind of started talking that way. We were talking, you know, contracts. And at that point I was just starting to come out of the ashes of my, we'll, we'll call intermission. <laughs> I had had some career challenges and adversities and so I was super thrilled to be in a position to lock up a contract with ESPN to cover college basketball but I was determined that my experience would not be for naught and that I was going to be candid with young people we were going to talk about the money we were going to talk about the hustle and so that's kind of how King and I fell into stride with one another and he's like my little brother I, he's been a great ad I keep trying to get him to throw his weight around to help book some of his NBA friend guests he, he's gotten us a couple He's gotten us a couple, but I'm, I'm, he's learning. And he said to me the other day, he's like, I'm realizing that booking ain't easy. I said, yeah, like <laughs> it's not easy. He called uh, Texas Tech, Iowa on Sunday, Saturday night or Saturday afternoon for college basketball. And I tuned in and listened. My dad yelled down the steps like, is that King? I'm like, yeah, that's King. <laughs> and so after the game, we were texting and he sent me a screenshot. Coach Beard wanted his number and he was nervous. He was like, is this a bad thing? I was like, I don't think it's a bad thing, King. Like, very rarely do coaches look for people to tell them that they stunk. Like, they got other things to worry about. I, I was like, I bet you it's probably a compliment. He was like, I'm just nervous because I heard he's not, you know, he's not that great of a guy. He's not that nice. 
I was like, mm, I wouldn't sweat it. Like, just see what he says. Sure enough, about an hour later, he texted me back. Like, Coach Beard was really impressed. He said, I'm one of his new favorite. Oh, I hope I'm not robbing King of telling the story. But anyway, <laughs> Coach Beard said, I'm one of my, one of his new favorite analysts. And he thinks I have a bright future. And I have a lot of fans um, in Lubbock. And I was like, see, stakes on you when you get that big time contract. <laughs> And, and, and I'm thinking, okay, the, the book that Coach Beard for an upcoming show, right? I mean, Tech's going to be a good team moving yes. forward. You know, Let's that's that, that's that's one of the things that you have been really great. I mean, you're a great mentor for King. I mean, like you said, he's kind of your little brother and you're sort of the big uh -huh. sister. But and, and you do have that kind of brother and sister chemistry thing going on. Uh, but, you know, you were the solo host of that show for the first, you know, year and three months. And now... So you used to get the ball all the time. You could take every shot. You could dribble the ball. You could do what you wanted to do. Now you got to play the two-person game every so often. You got to set a screen for that guy. Let him Definitely. get a couple shots in. So what what's been the secret to to you and him just kind of developing that chemistry? Because you really have. I mean, I'm a witness, right? I'm there with you guys every week, and I just I just have such a blast watching you guys kind of go back and forth and just hearing what organically kind of bubbles up between you guys. Um, I think the secret, honestly, Bruce's King wants to be good. I, when we met, he, I think he's been involved with two other podcast opportunities now, and they didn't quite pan out to be what he envisioned. And when he asked, I said, well, I'm going to introduce you to Bruce and the gang and see if Pure Hoops is looking at expanding. Because honestly, my first thought wasn't necessarily that he would join me. I was like, well, maybe, you know, they're looking, maybe he can team up with John or whatever we got going on. Um, and so when it panned out that the suggestion was that he would join me, I was like, sure. I think, again, when I say that my experience in the doldrums of my career, I said it would be, I would not allow it to be wasted. That's what that means to me. That means really backing other people and giving them the opportunity when you can and helping to open up a door. And so King wanted consistency. If buckets, boards, and blocks has been anything, it has been consistent and it's been a great opportunity for both of us to continue to grow um, our interview skills, to have fun and talk about the game that we love. And so he's been great for me. I've been good for him. Um, and, and many, there are moments where I'm like, that's a really good question. Like, especially when we do some of the W uh, conversations because he's admitted that he's just starting to get into the WNBA. I sent him a hoodie for his birthday. Um, and so when he comes back with some of the questions in those conversations where I sometimes am feeding him questions because I don't want him to feel left out and he kind of blows my socks off. I'm like, yeah, you, you might have that future in store for you that Coach Beard was talking about. Like, you, you're kind of all right, you, you'll be all right. <laughs> he, he had a moment with Katie last week where, you know, she answered one of the questions from you and he followed up with a very simple sort of, you know, like an everyman sort of question, like, so where do the WNBA players go from here? And Katie gave it one of these like, hmm. And she's like, that's a really good question. And she eventually gave him a good answer, but it was like, those are the little aha moments that make us all just kind of go yes. yeah. when, we, when we hear when we hear those things. Okay, I know I'm trying to be respectful of your time. I only want to keep you 15 more minutes, but we got to talk about MSG AM. So Monica, tell us a little bit about MSG AM, the morning show that you are hosting on the MSG network in New York City. Okay, so we actually had a big announcement on Friday. The show is moving and the details are forthcoming. Um, I can say that we will be following up Knicks games. And so I'm really excited about that. But I loved the show because it set my table for the week. In fact, I think doing daily sports TV Monday through Friday made me so much better for my radio show come Sunday night. I had an opportunity to talk to different analysts, different contributors, Latrell Sprewell, Jerry Ferrara is a big Knicks fan, um, David Deal, our Giants analyst. 
um, Nick Mangold, our Jets analyst. We had various coaches on, Steve Peichel from Rutgers, uh, Seth Greenberg joined us, uh, Val Ackerman from the Big East. So I'm really excited about um, the next wave and the next step for the show. I think it's going to be super exciting to tap into the Knicks audience. And I'm definitely hopeful that after the season, we move back to our daily spot. And hopefully you got digits from all of those people that you mentioned, because, you know, they'd be some dandy guests for Bucket Sports and Vlogs. <laughs> I think we could I think we could work on that, Bruce. I think we can arrange that. Well, that that's wonderful. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot more viewers coming off of live games because that's yeah. where the, that's where the eyeballs are. OK, so as it currently stands, the show's on from eight to nine. Then it re-airs from 9 to 10, and then it re-airs from 10 to 11, et cetera, et cetera. So after that live show, are you sitting there watching those re-airs like you were watching game film when you were playing ball saying, I got to do this better. That was good. I got to remember that. Is it like is it like watching film when you watch? Because I know you're watching those re-airs. You have to be, right? At least so, some of them. So I don't. I'm, I am not physically in the New York market. And so I watch the re-airs when I get the link. Ah. Uh, and yes, it is very much like film study because my role on MSGAM is to host and opine. And so that's a different muscle for me when I hop in the chair to call a game or even with all ACC on Thursday night, lady night, ladies nights when I'm just an analyst. And so my co-host is great. It doesn't feel like work at all. But as I'm watching back, I'm listening to how many words I use. Did I make a good point? I'm also mindful of my body language because I can be all over the place. But I will say doing television from home has lended to being a little bit more wilder, a little bit more vivacious because it cuts through the barrier of being remote from this person that you're working with or your, the guests that you're interviewing. So I definitely am watching back and um, it is very much like film study, yes. Okay, I need to let you get going because as we record this show on Sunday evening, you got a four hour radio show on the ESPN radio network staring you right in the face. And I don't want to have you use up all of your verbiage. So I'll end up with just one last question. I'm not going to ask you for your bucket, your board, and your blog. We're not going to do that. <laughs> not Save our that show, for, Bruce. It's not that so show. I, that's right. This is a Mike Wise show, and he doesn't have anything that clever going on. So we're going <laughs> to skip all that. But what's next for you? I mean, what are you, what are you most looking forward to now that we're in a week and a half into 2021? What are you most excited about for the upcoming year? It can be sports. It can be personal. It can be TV. It can be career. It can be anything. What are you, what's got you juiced moving forward? Man, Bruce. So it's funny that you would ask me this question today because yesterday I believe in West or I believe in Eastern medicine and I see an acupuncturist and my acupuncturist hit this point that was supposed to open you up emotionally. And I think yesterday I was feeling really heavy about COVID, right? Um, it's been a tremendous loss on our country. It has also disrupted so many things personally. I mean, my boyfriend is in New York and before we had a great rhythm where we saw each other regularly and that has not been the case now. Um, I, I just... I thought I would be doing different things career-wise at this point, although I'm, I have plenty to be grateful for. So after I kind of journaled and got myself out of that funk, um, I go back to what I believe is my personal creed where you find gratitude, seek out gratitude and allow that to guide you. And so I'm very grateful that my family has been mostly healthy, that I do have these opportunities to work. Um, so in 2021, I think the next step for me, honestly, is I'm looking for a multi-year deal. If I can say it frankly, uh, Bruce, um, I have hustled and I'm proud of my hustle and I'm proud of my connections. And I, but I think the next step for me is, how do I do this? Oh, okay. I think the next step for me is a multi-year deal. And 
Um, that's kind of what I'm going to put on my vision board that I'll finish by the end of the month is just to continue to take the next steps in my career. So um, I, I joke and I say these job hoes ain't loyal. Shout out to the Chris Brown song because I have many places that I work for because I mean, somebody got to come wipe me up. But uh, I think that's what I want out of 2021. I'd like to lock up a multi-year deal just so I can have that stability for whatever that duration of time is. Monica, you are a star and you've been a star since the moment I've known you. And whoever signs you to a multi-year deal is going to be really, really smart for one thing and really, really happy for another. So thank you so much for spending time with me on Mike Wise's show this week. I'll see you on Thursday next week as we get together and talk a little Houston Rockets, perhaps, uh, if mm -hmm. that all works out. We'll, yeah, see, we'll yeah. see what mm -hmm. goes That's on. That's the plan. But thank you so much and have a wonderful show this evening. And thanks for being on the Mike Wise Show this week. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. That was dope. It's time to wrap things up for this week. Thank you very much to Monica McNutt for spending time with us. Thanks also to the incredible Tom Phillip, who edits this show and is the LeBron James of editors. Please listen to all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Full Court with Jenny Fisher and Kara Kay comes your way every Tuesday. This week, they have a great discussion with Morgan Uber from the Big 12, which could dominate the NCAA tournament this season. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is here each Wednesday. Their current show features Nick Friedell of ESPN, who has some insight on the remarkable Stephen Curry. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure drops in every Thursday. Their next show is expected to feature Kelly Eco, the Houston Rockets beat reporter for The Athletic. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman are here every Friday with the Pure Hoops podcast. And Mike Wise is back each Monday with the Mike Wise Show. Please listen, review us, and leave a five-star rating. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Finally, COVID-19 is still killing thousands across the country, so please wash your hands, stay at least six feet away from others, and wear that mask. Don't complain, just do it. And if you have political disagreements, try to discuss them calmly and understand that disagreement does not mean someone is your enemy. When we discuss our differences, we also find out we have a lot of common ground with people that we don't always realize we do. And don't forget to keep our superhero medical professionals in your thoughts. Also, we need to continue working for social justice and a more inclusive society. So please do your part. Until next time, I'm Bruce Bernstein in for Mike Wise. We hope you feel better soon, Mike. Have a great week. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Thank you.